Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer at Rogers Place. Looking forward to the upcoming season. Two bits of information for you. Uh, I mentioned the fact that it was my belief that the Oilers uh, would be able to travel an extra uh, player over to um, Germany and Sweden. Um, I'll have to get some more clarification, but they can technically have a third goaltender, but that third goalie will technically have to be assigned to the American Hockey League. So they'll have to be team-compliant or roster-compliant, 23-man roster when the Oilers play the first regular season game in Gothenburg against Sweden. And just before we bring Robin, because we're going to start with this, uh, hey, Stoffer, did you see the documentary Finding Murph? It's beyond sad. Do you think it's time to take Eric Lindros serious now on uh, concussions? This is coming from uh, Topher, who adds, Bob, congrats on your daughter on her birthday and being in grade 10. I remember grade 10, says Topher. It's the last time I fit in a 32. I have fond memories of my toes. Uh, see, I don't mind a little bit of self-deprecation, nor does, uh, nor does our next guest. We welcome back to the show. Uh, Oilers uh, inside the game analyst uh, works on the Oilers pre and post game shows uh, with myself and Reed Wilkins and Jack Michaels. Jack will join us tomorrow in the studio, by the way. We welcome back Rob Brown. Rob, how was your summer? Uh, summer was great. Uh, I spent seven weeks just south of Cranbrook at the lake. Beautiful weather, lots of boating, too much beer. It, it was fun. It was a good, good family time, but now I'm ready to get back and Start talking hockey again. Start talking hockey. And I know because you're like, Bob, I don't get very good cell reception up here at the lake. You know what I'm saying? In other words, leave me alone. So (laughs) now I I don't know if you saw the full documentary um, on TSN about finding Murph. I haven't. I haven't. I've seen snippets of it. I've read the articles on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it hits home a little more because that was my draft year. When Joe Murphy went first overall in Montreal, I was there. Yeah. It was funny. I went out to all the bars that night, introduced myself as Joe Murphy to all the young girls, saying, hey, I'm Joe Murphy. I went first overall. No one believed me, but <laughs> I, and I, and I, played, I played a little bit with, with, with Joe in Chicago, uh, a, a nice guy, and it's just incredibly sad to read and to see, you know, how far the young man has fallen. I mean, he had the world by its feet. He, you know, he was a, an NHL player, made a lot of money. Uh, had success in the National Hockey League, and to see where he is today, uh, incredibly sad. There, you know, it's, I remember getting in this. So, I, as you know, I've been in a, a pool for about thirty years now with a bunch of guys, 
And uh, I remember in the early 90s, like having us, we were at room at the top of the University of Alberta because that's where we used to converge once a week. That's when it was still a popular place, Rob. And uh, maybe Dan Baker from Pub 1905 will have to buy that place and take it over and <laughs> revitalize it because he's been known to do that. But uh, no, man, like it, it's, uh, it, it's a funny spiel, right? Like I, I was arguing, like, you know, this Joe Murphy could be. A uh, hundred point score, and the guys were laughing at me. And then that year in the playoffs, he had twenty four points in sixteen games. Like he was unreal. He had this, you know, in terms of his physical tools, he didn't look explosive, but he had sort of a I don't know if you'd call it a glide or he had a a little bit of an it was an upright skating style. It was completely deceptive. You know what I mean? And he had he had some skill. He could finish, couldn't he? He could, and he understood the game. And he was a guy that there's certain players that know their way around the net. Whether they can skate or not, they seem to be in the right place at the right time. And he was one of those guys. Um, uh, incredible ability. Uh, he was a little aloof, yeah. I, I would think, from, from meeting him. But on the ice, when he wanted to, he could dominate hockey games, and he did many times. Well, and, I mean, uh, you were with him in Chicago, so... You know that was he, he was gone from Edmonton at that point. He'd already suffered the uh, the hellacious. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was it Sean Burr that blew him up from Detroit with the hit? And he was never quite the same. And it was an ugly concussion. Um, but did I mean? Did you notice? Because I mean, I, I heard some stories after after he left Edmonton that there were times where you could tell that maybe everything wasn't quite right with him. Well, it's hard when you play hockey because half your teammates aren't something's not right with them, from whether it's from concussions or life. Right. Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't know, and I think that when you're in that little bubble, you don't ever look at a big picture, and it just that is who he is. Right. Um, I, I've suffered concussions. I know what it's like. I know how it changes your life. Now, fortunately, I've never had to uh, suffer the way that some players have, and I, there's other players. Uh, Peluso, I played with in Chicago. Uh, eventually, I think he was a scout for the Oilers for a number of he years. He was, yes. He struggled badly. Uh, actually, I got a text today from a guy I play with in Pittsburgh, Brad Ranka, a kid from around here. He's actually in town. Uh, he suffered badly from concussions. It ended his career in Calgary. So I've seen the effects of concussions. I've lived them. Uh, and it is scary. And I, it, it took pro sports too long to, to understand them, to start protecting its players. Uh, the, the, I think the movie was called Concussion, yep. Will Smith, uh, about football. And absolutely amazing. And that's what it was like in pro sports. It's, uh, as a player, you, you didn't tell because unless your name, when I played, was Lemieux or Gretzky or Hull, uh, you did not have a safety net. I mean, if you couldn't play, someone was going to steal your spot. So you didn't tell. Ownership wanted the players on the ice. Coaches, their jobs were winning and losing. So you wanted the best players on the ice no matter how healthy or not they were, so it was. It, it was. Uh, it was a scary time. That if you were concussed, you. I don't think you were ever forced to play, but the understanding was if you weren't on crutches or in a cast, you should probably be in the lineup. We're joined by our inside the game analyst, former NHLer Rob Brown, still in the top ten uh, shooting percentage all time in NHL history. In fact, two of our we, uh, you know, guests that we often have on the show, you and Craig Simpson. I think Craig Simpson's number one all time. Actually, and you know, he had his career uh, ended from the, uh, the the back issues. All right, let's switch focus. So, let me ask you: When you're, did you see you're out at Christina Lake? Which lake were you out at? 
I'm at Moy Lake, just south of Cranbrook, a little ways away from Christine. Okay. So when you're there, uh, or when you go into town, do, do people know you're Rob Brown, uh, you know, the ex-NHLer that, you know, works in Edmonton and does media events in Edmonton and broadcasts in Edmonton? Do you have conversations like that, or, or is it out of state, out of mind uh, for you? Um, sometimes. I mean, I, I don't walk down the street and have people running over to me and ask for autographs. Um, but... You know, when I start talking to people, people recognize. I think nowadays here in Alberta, I'm more recognized for being on the radio right. than I was for being a hockey player. It's been, I think, 15 years since I retired, 20 years, 18 years since I played in the NHL. But I, I certainly, when I do, I do a lot of events. I just did Gord Bamford's up in, in Red Deer the other day, and I'm recognized now because of uh, the broadcast. There, I, it's funny, when I first started doing them, I, I always thought I was just talking to my mom over the radio when I was doing it on the radio, but apparently a lot of people listen. So it's kind of neat when you start talking to people saying they drive back to Red Deer or Innisfail or, or, sure. or anywhere, and they talk about the fact that they listen to the show afterwards, and it's neat. And I keep I keep saying, all right, call in, call in. We'd love to talk to you. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm recogni- recognized more now for, for what I do with the Oilers on the radio. All right, here's where I'm going. And, Rob, one of these days we'll sit down and have a conversation on numbers, okay? You'd be surprised. Uh, but we're doing we're doing pretty good. Uh, I, I just – where I'm going with this is we had way too long of an off season, And, you know, the players want to – at what point does a, a player flip the switch and get in an X-year mode, Rob? Well, when I played, uh, it was usually the third week of August. You would, I think on August 1st, I would start skating in, in Kamloops and start trying to lose the, the 10 to 15 pounds that I put on. I think nowadays, talking to the players, I do lots of events in the summer with them. Uh, they take a week to two weeks tops off once their season ends, and then they start really gearing up. And, and I think that for the player nowadays, they're eager to get back quicker because their off-season is so hard. I mean, it's harder in the off-season now than it is during the season because of the physical stuff that they do. So I would imagine nowadays is much harder and the players will be much more eager to get back to hockey because uh, it gets them away from having to be in the weight room, riding the bike, with their nutrition, all of that that they do nowadays. All right, so on uh, tsn.ca's website, they've got, uh, you know, comments from Connor McDavid and Darnell Nurse. The comments were like, you know, last season was like a kick in the head. Leon Dreisaitl did the European uh, NHL tour last week and said, you know, we were a way better team than we showed, and it was very humbling. Um, Where's your confidence level at with this group right now, Rob? Well, I... I I didn't think they were as good as they were two years ago, and I thought they were a lot better than they were last year. I think that the team is probably somewhere in the middle. I think they are a playoff team that can challenge for a division. Uh, I think that they need things to go right for them. They need to be helped. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. 
This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Healthy. Uh, they need a Connor McDavid healthy and playing like he did the last couple of years. They need Cam Talbot to bounce back. Yep. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think at the beginning of last year, and Cam Talbot uh, was outstanding two years ago and finished the year strong last year, but the biggest, down, the biggest drop-off, I think, that we saw at the beginning of last year, Cam Talbot struggled out of the start. And the team lost some confidence. They lost some swagger. And it just carried, it just was a, a snowball coming down the mountain. So if Cam Talbot... He doesn't have to be great every night, but he has to be good every night. And so they've got a goaltender, I believe, and they got the best player in the world. Now the supporting cast can follow along and, and go one or two ways. A lot of guys need bounce backs. And the one thing that you find in any professional sport is confidence. When a player's confidence, they can believe they can do anything. When a player lacks confidence, uh, they have a hard time putting their skates on. And I think the others have got to find confidence early in the season. I believe this is a team that's going to make the playoffs a team that's going to push for the division, but they need everything to go right and they need health on their side. How much impact can a change in assistant coaches make? Uh, it, it changes a lot, and the reason why, that the head coach is the head coach, but most players don't have a whole lot of one-on-one contact time with the head coach. Most head coaches kind of stay a little bit of away because they've got to make decisions. Uh, and some of the decisions are hard. And if they get too close to the players, it's hard making those decisions. But assistant coaches, those are your go-to. When I played, I had a guy in Pittsburgh named Ricky Kehoe and another guy, uh, Rich Patterson. Those are guys that I went to talk to. And if I'm struggling, I could talk to them, and they could give me the feedback I needed without having to go to the head coach. So it's, uh, to me, it's important. And if you have assistant coaches that you like, uh, like talking to and are very personable and, get, and give you the feedback that you need, then it's going to make it much easier for you to do the right things on the ice. And I don't know, because I wasn't in the room last year, what it was like, but I know that assistant coaches are very important. And the ones that they're bringing in, uh, I know somewhat. And I think, especially Yanni and Viveros, who I know quite well, uh, Manny, I, I think those were very, very good choices. Gulletson, I don't know that well at all. But, yeah, I do think that it will make a difference having new assistant coaches, new voices for the players to talk to. All right, so you had a situation. We're joined by our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. Bob Stoffer joining you from Rogers Place. This is Oilers Now. So, uh, you know, the San Jose trio came together, right? It was Todd McClellan, the head coach. Jay Woodcroft is longtime number one assistant slash associate. And uh, and then Jim Johnson. Uh, Jay is taking an opportunity with the Bakersfield Condors. Jim Johnson is gone. Ian Herbers was the other coach. Of those three, of Jim Johnson, Jay Wincroft, and Ian Herbers, Herbers had by far the most head coaching experience, but not at the National League level. Rob, conversely, Gullitson's had four years as a head coach in the NHL, and Yanni's been a head coach with Chicago. Is that a difference, do you think, for the potential makeup of the staff? Yeah, because to be a head coach, you've got to be very, very confident. Because you've got to make decisions. Uh, that will affect whether you win or lose hockey games. You've got to believe in your decision. So if you've got a, his, uh, a head co- or assistant coaches that have been head coaches before, they're not going to be afraid to speak their mind. They're going to be able to uh, get to what they want to do, 
with the new with the coaching staff with the head coach they can say hey here's what i like a lot of assistant coaches uh will defer to the head coach and, and will be yes men but when you have guys that have been head coaches before and head coaches that have coached against todd mcclellan here's where we've had success against you here's what you guys did before that i'm not seeing that was successful so i believe yeah they've got the confidence to to stand up in a room and say you know what what you're doing as a head coach right now, what this one system you have, it doesn't work, and here is why. So, yeah, I believe it will make a difference having guys that have been head coaches before and have coached against Todd. So they know what the strengths and weaknesses of a Todd coach hockey team is. 32% on the power play last year for the Swift Current Broncos. He was over 30% the last two years. You mentioned, you know, you know Manny uh, Viveros quite well. Uh and then you've got a guy, Trent Yanni, five of the last six years, top five penalty killing in the NHL. I mean, you look at the Oilers, and they went from, Rob, they went from fifth in the league in the power play at 22.9% in 16-17. It was the highest power play the Oilers had had since the mid-'80s. And they dropped all the way to 31st. And they were actually 12th in the middle of Oct- uh, middle of November. They, were, they finished the year 31st in the power play. It's almost incomprehensible. That Connor McDavid won the scoring race when the Oilers' power play was that bad, but that's the other part of this here. You got a guy that's got a proven track record at the NHL level of the uh, you know being a, a good penalty killing coach. What makes Viveros a successful power play coach? Because you say you know him well, and he's had that success in junior. Well, one, he ran power plays when he played. Um, he was a great junior hockey player, and if Manny Viveros would have been born twenty five years later. He would have starred in the National Hockey League. He was around when teams drafted guys that were six foot two, 240 pounds playing defense. Manny Viros is smart. He could play in today's game and be very, very good. Uh, so when you have a guy that's running a power play, you want him to have been on the power play because he knows what works, what doesn't work. He knows when he watches video why things are happening the way they're happening. He understands what players see. When you get a guy running a power play that's never done it in his life, well, he doesn't see the game the same way as a Connor McDavid, as a Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, they see the game differently. You've got to be able to see through their eyes to be able to make the power play work for them. And, and the success he's had, now I know that junior is different, but still success is success. And you've got to be better than the players you're playing against and the t- teams you're coaching against. So Viveros will be good that way. And again, Yanni, he knows what it's like to be on a penalty kill. So... I, I think that's going to be a difference. You know as well as I do, in the National Hockey League, the way the games are called, you can win simply by having better specialty teams and better goaltending. Yep. And last year, the Oilers had neither. And that's why they didn't make the playoffs. No, it was an absolute killer for them. Uh, can you have five left shots all on your first power play unit? And part two, can Connor McDavid play both units? So I'm just going to throw a potential number one power play to start the year. Okay, so Clefbaum on the point. McDavid set up on the left side half boards. Nugent Hopkins in the bumper. On the right side half boards, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, who was a left shot. And then as the net front, uh, Milan Lucic to start the year. It's five left shots. Number one, can you do that? And number two, can you have McDavid play both power plays? Uh, yes and yes. Uh, for it to work, you have to have McDavid where you said. So he's feeding guys on one-timers. McDavid uh, is the best passer in the league, and Leon's pretty close. So, But if you got McDavid feeding four different guys that can take one-timers, then you can have success. Leon Dreisaitl shows you can one-time the, the puck. 
And I don't know if the others have a guy on the right that can play on the opposite side as a right-hander that can do that. And Vapuliarvi wants to be that guy, and fans want him to be it. But I've yet to see the consistent one time and that you need if you're going to be on a power play. Because normally, you might get one chance. So if you get that one chance on the power play, you've got to be able to put the puck in the net. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, Connor can, can set up on that side and make it work. Um, as for playing both power plays, uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely, yes. If you've got a good power play, you're not, you're not tiring yourself out. The defenders are the ones getting tired. So uh, to me, Connor McDavid is a guy that you give him the, the green light to stay until you're, you're tired. If it's a minute 10, minute 20, minute 40, minute 50, you do it. You're trying to win hockey games. Your best chance of winning hockey games is Connor McDavid being on the ice, and your best power plays will be one that is being led by him. So, uh, yeah, I have, I have no problem with either one of those scenarios. Did Mario Lemieux ever come off the ice <laughs> when he was on when, when when you were with him in Pittsburgh? Did Mario ever come off the ice when he was on the power play? Not often, no. And again, the way that Mario played, he set up on his offside. And he just, uh, he ran the power play from there. Everything went through him. He didn't have to move. So he didn't have to get tired. He didn't bring the puck up. Back when I played there, Paul Coffey was on defense. So he's the one that dragged the puck up. So Mario didn't have to go all the way back. So, yeah, players played longer shifts back there. Think about uh, watching Gretzky play here for years. Now, it was a different game then, yes. But I I, I can remember him being on for a shift, doing the full two-minute power play, then staying on afterwards for another minute. And no one ever questioned it. Um, I think there's a time and place in every game where you can do that. Uh, but you, I think the coaching staff has done a pretty good job of managing Connor's minutes. And I think finding more minutes for Connor now, the easy way to do it is put him on the power play on both of them and get him the extra minutes that way. We're joined by Rob Brown. Bob Stauffer with you. Rob, of course, is uh, our Inside the Game analyst on the Oilers Radio Network. Rob, i got to ask you this, uh, you know, because a lot of fans would say the Oilers haven't done enough. But sometimes, can less be more in terms of turning over the roster? Well, less can be more if you have not a lot of options. I think that's one of the things. I know that the fans, there's, you want a power play defense, and you want this, you want that, but the others have no money. Um, until you start sh- uh, getting rid of contracts, you can't bring more th- contracts in. And the others have contracts they can't move. Uh, I think that the Oilers have to look at their lineup and say, okay, which are we? Are we the team from two years ago or are we the team from last year? If we're the team from two years ago, well, we've got a lot of the same pieces. Can we get back there? Uh, Peter Shirelli has, has put his faith in what he has is what he needs. Now, obviously, losing Sacra is going to hurt. We saw that last year. But again, injuries happen. There's, there's not a team that goes through the National Hockey League season that doesn't lose somebody important to their lineup. Good teams are teams that can overcome that. The others know right from the get-go that they have to overcome that injury, and there's going to have to be players to step up. So I, I wasn't expecting anything more than what Peter Shirelli did, and now it's just a matter of players bouncing back from the seasons they had last year. Well, Rob, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for joining us here in Oilers now. Thanks a lot, Bob. Yeah, uh, and, you know, the Oilers, one of the things that they did do, two of the forwards that they added, Tobias Reeder and Kyle Brodziak can both kill penalties, and that's why Rob and me were having the conversation, can Connor McDavid play a full two-minute power play? Could one of the power plays be all lefties, and then the second power play have a couple right shots uh, up front, including Ryan Strome, and yes, a Pugliarvi, and maybe even Matthew Benning, it's a third right shot on the point. Do you want to mention the guests on our show? Receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. 
follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. It was there last night. It was outstanding. 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Reminder, every Wednesday night, date night at Roos Chris. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, the CEO of the Oilers Entertainment Group, Bob Nicholson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.